0: It's my great privilege to uh, introduce Dan Hayter he's going to continue our uh, Live Well series as we're looking at emotional health. It's been such a good series to learn how to get to grips with our inner emotions and feelings, particularly in this lockdown season, uh, to be aware of what God's doing in us. And uh, it's been so great. It's such a blessing to have Dan Hayter on the team, Uh, such a man of integrity who really lives what he preaches. And uh, we are grateful for his gift. So uh, I want to commend him to you. And let's open our hearts as he's going to continue to speak God's word to us.
1: Well, good morning. It's great to be with you. I'd like to start by asking you to think of something that you cannot do in a hurry. Try and think of something that's not really possible to do in a hurry we're in a teaching series at the moment as a church called Live Well Emotionally Healthy Spirituality and it's based on a book by Pete Scazzaro. and we've been looking at the idea that it's impossible to become spiritually mature without becoming emotionally mature and we've been looking at a number of different topics that help us to explore that and you can listen to them on the podcast if you want to catch up I'd encourage you to but today we are looking at the topic of slow down to love well slow down to love well. And I wonder what activities you thought of that are really difficult to do when you're in a hurry. One that I could think of was brain surgery. I think if you tried to do brain surgery in a hurry and you cut loads of corners, you could end up with catastrophic consequences. And uh, the point that I wanna make today is that the same is true when it comes to our relationship with God and with others. Or put another way, if you don't slow down in your walk with God, And if we don't learn to slow down, we will struggle to grow in loving God and in loving others the way that we would like to. But we've got a challenge right at the outset because the world that we live in does not like slow. We don't like that word. We don't like products that slow our work down are not very popular. We want products that are efficient. We want productivity. And what's happening as a result is everything is going at 100 miles an hour very often. Now, whether that's your work life, whether that's just having a a phone in your pocket where you can access any information within seconds that's buzzing constantly. I even find my mind, I'm not a massive overworker. That's not really the way that I'm wired, but I find my mind just operates at 100 miles an hour and I end up finding myself losing patience and becoming frustrated and finding that in my soul, there's a hurriedness. And very often it's because we are sucked into the way that the world is working. But I think we'd all recognize that When it comes to relationships, we can't hurry. So my marriage with Bex, we cannot hurry our relationship. We can't say, well, Bex, we've got two hours as a date night tomorrow, can we do that in 10 minutes and try and be a bit more efficient? We'd all laugh, we'd say, that's not possible. You can't do relationships efficiently. But I'd like to suggest that when we allow the hurry of life to influence the way that we relate to God and to others, we end up in trouble because it impacts us. And I want us to be convinced today that hurrying in our relationship with God and with others is something that we want to try and kill. I want to kill that in my own life and I want to convince you from Scripture that this is something that is profound. This is not just a psychology thing, that this is something that is biblical. So we're going to turn to the Word of God now and we're going to read John chapter 15 verses 1 to 11. let's read the word of God together. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 11. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the word of God. Jesus, in this passage, compares us to this, to a branch. He says, you are the branches, I am the vine. And you might think, Jesus, come on, can you can you be a bit more inspiring than comparing us to a branch? Why not compare us to a racehorse or a, a chariot or a, a jet, which obviously didn't exist in those days, but why not something a bit faster, a bit more inspiring than a branch? Branches don't move much, really, do they? They kind of just stay there. They just remain, which is interesting. It's a word that appears a lot in this passage. But I think there's a very good reason why Jesus compares us to a branch. And the reason, we can read in verse four. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Jesus is saying this cannot grow fruit because it's not connected to the tree. And in the same way, if you're a follower of Jesus, you cannot bear fruit without remaining connected to Jesus. In other words, you cannot live the kind of life that Jesus wants for us, which is a life of joy, of peace, of of faithfulness, of patience, of gentleness. We can't live that kind of life, become everything God wants us to be unless we remain connected to Jesus. And did you notice how many times the word remain appears in this passage? Remain in me. Remain in me. That's what branches do. They're not very good at moving. They're very good at remaining. And as Christians, that's what we need to do. And how do we do that? Well, there's a whole number of ways, but let's just list a few. Prayer. Spending time in prayer. Remaining in prayer is not actually something that you can do If you're in a hurry, sure, you can fire the odd prayer to God in a a couple of minutes. But to cultivate a lifestyle of prayer takes time. Allowing yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit, allowing allowing yourself to hear the words of God spoken over you and affirming his love for you takes time. You can't rush that. You can't do that in a rush. Another example would be reading and meditating on scripture. Let's read verse verse 7. Let's read that one again. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. One of the, the secrets, the secrets to being a Christian who bears fruit, who lives and becomes the kind of person that God wants us to become and the kind of person that we desire to become. No, who doesn't want to grow in gentleness and love and joy? The secret is to remain and you can't do that in a hurry. So if we're taking the idea of reading and meditating on scripture, allowing the words of Christ to dwell in us, you can't do that in a hurry. Meditating is not something that you can do in a hurry. Meditating, which is actually if you read Psalm 1, which is a brilliant psalm, I'd encourage you to. It tells us that the the happy person is someone who spends time meditating on the word of God meditating means to mull something over in your mind to to think about something over and over again you if you've ever worried before you know what it is to meditate it's thinking about the same thing over and over and over again and you you notice that it goes from here to here it becomes the kind of thing you soak in like meat that's being marinated and psalm 1 and this passage is telling us if we allow the word of god to soak into us if we uh, give time to thinking deeply about it, we'll notice that we start living the kinds of lives that Jesus would want us to live. But we can't do that efficiently. You can't do that in a hurry. We can't survive on two to three minutes a day of quick, read a verse for the day, uh, tick that off, uh, say my quick prayer, and then go to work and not think about God for the rest of the day. You can't grow. You can't produce fruit as a follower of Jesus on that kind of lifestyle. It takes time, just as it does in any relationship. Just as my marriage with Bex takes time. We can't survive on two or three minutes a day of very quick connection. We need to be like branches that remain connected to Jesus. And that takes, sometimes, that will, very often that will look like freeing up time so that we can slow down, slow our souls down and connect with Jesus. But before we think practically, how can we do that? I think it's really important to remind ourselves why we do that. Because verse 11 tells us why we remain connected to Jesus. And just, to, just a clue, it's not so that we become really good Christians. If that's our motivation, we are, we are getting it all wrong. Our motivation is this Jesus says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In other words, Jesus is saying, Do you value your happiness? If you value your own happiness, this is the kind of stuff that you will look to do. You will look to remain connected with me because this is what is gonna give you the greatest joy. The more you remain connected, but the more you stay connected with Jesus, the more joy and the happier you're gonna get, which I think anyone would want. And so actually we're not doing this to be better Christians. We're doing this so that our walk with God would grow and so that we would grow in joy. And so the question is, how are we doing? How are we doing at that? How are we doing at slowing down and remaining connected to Jesus? And it might just be worth saying at the outset here that for some of us, this will be a real challenge because of circumstances outside of our control. You might be a single mum and you've got a young baby, you've got other kids, and you just think, how am I even meant to think, let alone slow down and set aside time for God? And I just wanna say at the outset, God knows what you are going through. And he has so much grace for you this isn't this isn't about god saying gosh look at all those things outside of your control how dare you uh, how dare you have your time filled up with things that are out of your control that's outrageous no 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 god god sees and he knows and there's grace for you in seasons and times where everything is busy and out of your control god is able to help you to know how to connect with him even in those really pressured times, where you're able to make the most of those one to two minutes of of, of thought time that you might have to be able to connect with him. But I do think there's something to be said about thinking, what can we do with what is within our control? And I just want to prod us here and allow the Holy Spirit to prod our hearts and to ask the question, what are things that are within our control that we may need to say no to in order to be able to grow in slowing down. And I just wanna I, I prod us a bit here and prod our hearts because if this really is the most important thing, remaining connected to Jesus, then I think we need to be ruthless at getting rid of things that are gonna take us away from him. One thing could be being really, finding it really difficult to say no. I, I find this myself. I find it so hard to say no. And and when I think, why do I find it hard to say no? The bottom line is I'm concerned about what others think about me. How how are you with that? Maybe it's work. Maybe you think, well, I need to. I I know my work hours are nine to five, but I need to do two or three hours of emails every evening in order to be able to get everything done. There's just too much to do in a day. And I suppose I gently ask you, is that actually outside of your control? Do you really need to do that? There's always too much work for one day. That's why we then have another day of work. I just want to prod us, allow the Holy Spirit to challenge us here. Are there things that are we are actually saying yes to that we think are outside of our control, but that actually are within our control? And it may be that there's some decisions to make in terms of I'm going to put my work down when the workday finishes to allow myself to slow down and spend time with Jesus rather than typing away emails every single evening. Might be family commitments. Might be that you think, "Oh, I just can't say no to these different family commitments. And I think Jesus would wanna lovingly say, yes, you can. Family is good, but if family starts controlling us and taking us away from Jesus, we are in serious trouble. And I I struggle with this. I struggle with saying no to stuff. So I want to grow in this. I want to be able to grow in saying, I am going to be ruthless at trying to eliminate stuff that is going to take me away from Jesus. Stuff that actually is not worth giving my time to, that is going to take me away from Jesus. Are we using our time wisely? This applies to all of us, however much time we have. You might be really busy because of circumstances outside your control. You may have lots of time because maybe you're retired or you're on furlough because of COVID. How are you filling that time? Are you filling it with delighting yourself in Jesus? Are you filling it with remaining connected with Him, meditating on the Word of God, memorizing Scripture, praying, allowing yourself to receive His love? Or are you spending the whole of it scrolling social media? Twitter, this is my Achilles' heel, scrolling on Twitter, looking at different links, looking at stuff that's often good but that's taking me away from connecting with Jesus. Wasting time on Netflix. What do your evenings look like? Are they full of watching Netflix or BBC iPlayer? Or is there a healthy rhythm of slowing down and allowing yourself to connect with Jesus? Phones, oh gosh. (laughs) Smartphones, they can be the most distracting thing. I, 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 this this is another one. I've got lots of Achilles heels, this is another one. Just this thing in my pocket that is constantly demanding my attention, it's spiritual warfare. I, I do genuinely believe that. I don't wanna over overdo that, but me deciding I am not going to bow to my phone's attention constantly is spiritual warfare. And in fact, I'm trying to get into the, the habit of putting my phone upstairs in the evenings when I don't need it anymore, if we haven't got a meeting or something so that actually I can learn to see what that does to my soul and to slow down and to connect with Jesus. You see, there are, we very often have to say no to things in order for us to say yes to Jesus. And it might just be worth spending some time this week thinking, what can I say no to in order to say yes to Jesus? Let's take small steps, but let's, let's be willing to say no to things so that we can say yes to Jesus. And remember... That as we do that, this isn't about becoming better Christian. This is about increasing our joy in God and becoming branches that produce fruit. And that's what happens when we connect with Jesus. We bear fruit. Galatians 5 verses 22 to 23 says this. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the kind of things that grow in our lives when we remain connected to Jesus. Isn't that the kind of person that you want to be? I I don't know anyone who wouldn't want to grow in those areas. Isn't that the kind of church that we want to be? The kind of church that is becoming more loving, more kind, more patient, more faithful. And this impacts the way we relate to others. Obviously, slowing down generally means you've got more time to give to others, to hear, to not misunderstand them. But actually, as we slow down specifically to connect with Jesus, we'll find that actually we grow in these things that help us to connect with others more helpfully as well. Let's be that kind of church. But as we wrap up, let's remember Jesus is not just a good teacher in telling us to do this. He is also our ultimate example. Jesus was never hurried by other people. He was always more concerned about connecting with the Father than he was about doing what people wanted him to do. And he'd often go away and spend time in prayer, even at a moment where lots of people were demanding for his time and attention. Jesus prioritised his connection with the Father. And as a result, he submitted to the will of the Father and went to the cross. Now, the cross doesn't look efficient. The cross doesn't look efficient. The Son of God dying on a cross does not look efficient. But I tell you what, it was immensely fruitful. It was so fruitful. And you know what fruit the cross produced? It produced you and me knowing Jesus and knowing God. If Jesus hadn't gone to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, if he hadn't submitted to the Father because of his unrushed connection with him, we would not be here today and we would be facing an eternity of judgment instead of an eternity of of life with Jesus. And so let's remember, Jesus is our great example, and he's also the one who makes a way for us to be able to experience life in connection with God. So we're gonna respond now by singing together, and let's remember Jesus, the one who, because of his connection with the Father, has enabled us to connect, to remain in him, and to come to the Father as well.
0: Wow, my heart just singing out uh, when I hear Dan uh, preaching these truths. Thank you so much, Dan, for bringing that word to us. I thought that was so full of wisdom, gentleness, uh, reality, and uh, uh, wow, just a huge amount of encouragement. So let's let's take it in and let's draw close. Thank you so much, Father, for this wonderful morning. Thank you for the ability to draw close to you, to worship you. Thank you that you have filled our living rooms, that you have filled our bedrooms, our houses, our streets, our neighborhoods uh, with your presence this morning. Thank you that you are always with us, that you go wherever we go and yet at the same time we can experientially know you and seek you and be in your presence as we dwell together. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We pray that you will be with us as we lead into this week. Lord, we pray that you go before us, that we will take uh, the words that Dan's spoken to carve our time to be with you for that, not to just be a Sunday experience, to be uh, something we continue to live in every day in wonderful relationship, deep relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you've been encouraged this morning. I certainly have been our 50th time of meeting together online. Yes, it's not quite the same as when we used to meet together, but guess what? God's presence dwells here too, and he is with us, and we're going to continue to press into that together. Uh, we're going to be here again next Sunday, 10 15 a.m. So make sure that you sign in and uh, we look forward to meeting you then. If you have friends or family members that like to join in, then invite them as well. Zoom is such a wonderful way of having people just picking into church. If they find Zoom a little scary, we also have a church online service that's pre recorded. It's not uh, interactive as this Zoom meeting is, but you can find the details about that uh, as well via Life News. And uh, that's a wonderful way for people who want to make a little step into church. Now, it's been such a joy being together like this uh, as a family. Uh, A big thank you again for Daniel Goodman, who's been with us this morning, leading us through. And uh, what a celebration, inviting Paul and Phil into our eldership team. If you have a word or an encouragement that you want to share with them that you didn't have an opportunity to do this morning, can I just ask you to email that to us? So if you email it to uh, hello at wearelifechurch.uk, we would love to gather any prophetic words or encouragements or prayer uh, that you would love to uh, send through to these guys. So looking forward to see you next week. Bye bye.